And we're in the middle of Paul Temple and the Sullivan Mystery. With me is the producer, Patrick Rayner. Uh, Patrick, just before the last episode there, we were talking about um, Crawford and Gerda and how they got into their roles as Paul and Steve Temple. They, I mean, I must admit, when I first heard this, I, I was almost fooled into thinking it was the original, uh, an original sound. Did they deliberately try to sound like actors in the 1940s? Or was it just they were just acting the role as you directed them to and it just happened? That was done completely deliberately. It was a technical exercise to get them sounding like they, they could have been actors from the 1940s. Perhaps not quite as far as some of the actors in the 1940s took it, but uh, far enough, I think, for the modern ear. Did they actually try to sound like the original actors? Because they do sound uncannily alike. No, we weren't going for imitation. I was determined particularly that they should not be under the shadow of the excellent Peter Cook and Marjorie Westbury, that they should make the parts their own. And so I encourage them not to uh, try to do any imitation at all, simply to interpret the parts as which has written through their own views, I think, which is the only way you can act. If you end up trying to copy someone, it's just not good, really. Lots of bodies and fight scenes in almost every episode, <laughs> particularly as we get towards the end. Um, how did the fight scenes work out in the studio? Oh, very, very well, actually. I think that one of the big fight scenes uh, we did in one take because you, with very good actors can actually do the lines, hold the scripts, pretend they've got a gun, fight and do the grunts at the right time. As long as you agree that when someone's going to hit, they're going to do the reaction on a certain word so it doesn't get farcical, uh, you just block them like you're blocking a fight on, on the stage and uh, you'd be amazed how easy it is to do. Well, I'm sure there'll be another few fight scenes to come. We'll see. We're going on to episode six then, and it's the reappearance of Patrick Quinn. We present Crawford Logan as Paul Temple and Gerda Stevenson as Steve in Paul Temple and the Sullivan Mystery, a serial by Francis Durbridge. Episode 6, A Message from Sir Graham. We have had no English visitors this morning, sir. Oh, that puts a rather different complexion on it. This is the House of Bari, of course? Of course. Well, I feel sure my wife intended to call here. As a matter of fact, your house was recommended to us by a man called Quinn, Patrick Quinn. He uh, gave us a card. I do believe I've got it here somewhere. When did Mr Quinn recommend the House of Barry? Last night. We met him in the cocktail bar at the Continental. Have you got the card? Well, I did have... Oh, here it is. Thank you. Your name is Temple? Yes. Will you come this way, please? The ceiling is very low in here. Please, mind your head. Now, through here, Mr. Temple. Thank you. Ah, oh, so here you are at last. Why, man, you've been a devil of a time coming. I'd almost given you up as a bad job. Well, I'll be... Mr. Quinn. Oh, sure it's Mr. Quinn. Come in, don't stand in the doorway. Man, you look as if you've seen a ghost. I feel as if I'd seen a ghost. I thought you were dead. Now, that's a nice thing to say. And whatever gave you that idea... A gentleman by the name of Hakim told me that you'd been shot. He seemed quite convinced of it, in fact. Did he now? Well, that's very gratifying, I must say. Do you hear that, Barry? Get the gentleman a chair. And that's better. Now, Mr. Temple, in a manner of speaking, I fear that I owe you both an apology and an explanation. Well, supposing we have the explanation first. You'd prefer it that way? 
Very well. You have a pair of glasses, Mr. Temple, a pair of spectacles belonging to a man called Richard Sullivan. I want those spectacles. Why? I beg your pardon. I said why. Why do you want the spectacles? What the devil do you think I want them? I want to hand them over to Mr. Sullivan. Why doesn't Mr. Sullivan come and get them himself? He knows where I am. Or at any rate, he could very easily find out. Ah, that's an interesting point. Now you've hit the nail on the head, as you might say. I'm delighted to hear it. You see, Mr. Temple, Mr. Sullivan, as you know... Well, I suppose I'd better begin at the beginning. Sullivan paid a visit to London and unfortunately lost his glasses. They were found by a friend of his, Miss Raymond. She gave them to you and asked you to deliver them to Mr. Sullivan when you arrived in Cairo, correct? Correct. Well, have you ever wondered why Mr. Sullivan hasn't got in touch with you? Why he didn't, in fact, meet the plane? I've thought quite a lot about Mr. Sullivan during the past two or three days. Quite a lot. You thought what, for instance, Mr. Temple? Well, for instance, this man that was shot, the man that our friend Hakim mistook for Mr. Quinn. I don't suppose he could have been Sullivan by any chance? He could have been, but he wasn't. Now, don't let your imagination run riot, Mr. Temple. The explanation about Sullivan is really quite simple. Sullivan is a friend of mine, a very close friend. Unfortunately, his movements are, well, to say the least, restricted. You see, there's a warrant out for his arrest. A warrant for his arrest? What for? I don't think we'll go into that. The point is this. Sullivan needs his glasses. The poor chap can't even read a newspaper without them. He'd then go into an opticians and order a new pair for the simple reason the police are after him. Don't you understand? The man's in hiding. Mm-hmm. Don't you believe my story? You produce Mr. Sullivan. Prove to me without any shadow of doubt that he is Mr. Sullivan, and I'll produce the glasses. Well, now, that's fair enough. Mr. Temple, have you got these spectacles with you at the moment? Uh, no, I haven't, Mr. Barry. I don't make a habit of carrying spectacles about with me. Not when they're worth £10,000. What the devil do you mean, £10,000? Oh, didn't I tell you? A gentleman by the name of Constantine offered me £10,000 for them. When? Two days ago. Did you...? No, I didn't. You know, Mr Quinn, you appear to be almost as concerned about Mr Sullivan's spectacles as Colonel Mark Wand. And who might he be? Don't you know? I was beginning to think he might be a friend of yours. I've never heard of him. Or Mr. Armstrong? Or Mr. Armstrong. But you'd heard of Mr. Constantine, I take it. Constantine was an acquaintance of mine. He frequently visited the house of Barry. He was a collector of curios. Well, he won't visit the house of Barry anymore, my friend. What do you mean? He collected a knife between the shoulder blades. Where did this happen? In Augusta. When? Two days ago. You suspect that this Colonel Marquand had something to do with it? It's a possibility. Colonel Marquand was, still is, interested in the spectacles. So was Mr Constantine. <laughs> so am I. But that doesn't mean I murdered Constantine. We seem to be getting away from the point, Mr Quinn. Mr Temple has got these spectacles, therefore it is essential that we introduce him as soon as possible to the real Mr Sullivan. Can you meet me tonight? Well? Now, let's see. There's a man called Durant. He runs one or two river excursions. You know the sort of thing I mean. Tom Durant? That's the fellow. I've noticed several of his boats. Well? Durant has a place on the Nile. 
It's about 200 yards from the Anglo-Egyptian club. Do you know it? No, but I could easily find it. All right. Find it. Ask for Tom Durant and mention my name, Bahri. Tonight? Yes. Tonight at half past six. Right. Oh, and Mr. Temple. Yes? I trust you'll treat this interview as confidential. I should hate our friend Hakim to be disillusioned. What do you mean? Commandant Hakim and a great many other people in Cairo are labouring under the impression that I've passed away. I should prefer that they continue to think along those lines. Mr. Quinn, so far as I'm concerned, you're a dead duck. Produce Mr. Sullivan, and I'll produce his spectacles. <laughs> you're a man after my own heart. Has my wife returned yet? Mrs. Temple. Yes, I think you'll find she's in her room, sir. Thank you. Hello, Mr. Temple. Oh, hello, Miss Fraser. Mrs. Temple came in shortly after you left. You only just missed her. Oh, what a pity. Mr. Darwin was with her, and a young lady called Miss Jeans. Miss Jeans? Yes. I hope you don't mind me mentioning it, Mr. Temple, but frankly, I didn't think your wife looked too well. Apparently, she'd fainted or something. Fainted? Yes. Who told you that? Mr. Darwin told me. Well, what happened, do you know? Well, I believe she went into some cafe or other with this Miss Jeans and, well, just turned queer. Oh. Well, if you'll excuse me. Oh, yes, of course. If there's anything I can do, please let me know. Cairo 8792 will always find me. That's very kind of you, Miss Fraser. Not at all. Darwin. Oh, here you are, old boy. I was just coming down to look for you. How's my wife? Oh, she's all right now. She had a nasty turn, but she'll be all right. Yes, I've just seen Miss Fraser. She told me Steve fainted or something. Yes. <clears throat> Frankly, I can't quite figure out what happened. It all seems a little mysterious. Anyhow, she's all right now. That's the main thing. Oh, by the way, I've invited you both to have dinner with me tonight. That's very nice of you. Not at all. Delighted. Pick you up at um, eight o'clock? Well, could you make it a little later, say half past? Yes, of course. And don't worry about Mrs. Temple, old boy. She'll be all right. Goodbye. Good. Oh, oh, Darwin. Yes? What exactly happened? Were you in the cafe when Steve fainted? No, I bumped into them in my car, just as... Well, look here, I'm sure Mrs. Temple will want to tell you all about it herself. Yes, all right. Oh, by the way, um, is this Miss Jeans an old friend of yours? Or... No, just an acquaintance. As a matter of fact, we met her for the first time last night. Ah. Why do you ask? Nothing. I wondered, that's all. Well, see you tonight. Yes. Cheers. Goodbye, Darwin. Well, we seem to have had quite a morning, darling. What with your experience at Flambert's and me at the house of Bari. Yes. Steve, tell me, did Miss Jeans realise that you'd spotted Armstrong as the driver of the car? I don't know. If she did, she certainly carried it off pretty well. As a matter of fact, I wasn't quite so far gone as she thought I was. I had a hunch the coffee had been tampered with and I didn't drink it all. It was certainly a lucky coincidence bumping into Darwin. Yes, he was awfully sweet. I wonder if he really is mixed up in this business, Paul. I've got a jolly good mind to ask him. <laughs> it might be quite an idea. You don't think he's working for Sir Graham by any chance? What on earth do you mean? Attached to Scotland Yard. I hardly think so, darling. Steve, I want you to forget what I told you about Miss Jeans. From now on, give her a pretty wide berth. She's dynamite. 
I suppose they meant to hold me as a sort of hostage until you handed over the spectacles. Yes. Mr Quinn, are you going to keep that appointment with him? I might. Why? Do you think he was telling the truth? Do you think he really knows Richard Sullivan? No, I'm pretty sure he doesn't. As a matter of fact, Steve, I'm slowly coming round to the idea that Mr Constantine might possibly have been right after all and that there is no Richard Sullivan. Hmm? After I deposited the spectacles in the bank this morning, I went round to police headquarters and had a chat with Hakim. He checked on the Trans-Eurasian Oil Company for me. They'd never even heard of Richard Sullivan. Had Hakim heard of Sullivan? No. Well, surely that proves that Quinn was lying. Hakim must have heard of Sullivan if there's a warrant out for him. Exactly. If you intend to keep your appointment with Mr Quinn, what are you going to do about the spectacles? I'll produce the spectacles after Mr Quinn produces Mr Sullivan. I'm taking no chances. It seems to me we're taking a pretty big chance by keeping the appointment. What do you mean, we? Come in. Sorry to disturb you, but uh, this cable was pushed under my door a few moments ago. It's marked room 186, but it's got your name on it, Mr Temple. Oh, thank you, Miss Jeans. That's all right. Are you feeling okay now? Yes, I'm all right, thanks. You know, we had quite a morning. Your wife passed out, and on top of that, a crazy cab driver drove us bang slap into a friend of yours. Yes, so my wife's just been telling me. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better anyway. I'll be all right. If there's anything I can do, just ask. You know where to find me. Thanks. Bye. Who's the cable from? I don't know. I haven't opened it yet. Well? Speak of the devil. Listen to this, Steve. Arriving in Cairo today, we'll contact you Hotel Continental. Regards, Forbes. Sir Graham. Mr. Durand? Yes? My name is Temple. Well? Mr. Barry told me to get in touch with you. Oh, you're the party that wants to go out to the houseboat. Well, he didn't say anything about a houseboat. Yeah, 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 that's all right. Jump in. Hello. Who's this? This is my wife. Is she coming with you? If you've no objection. Well, it makes no difference to me. Only Barry didn't say anything about a lady. You're not going to come between husband and wife, are you, Mr. Durant? <laughs> get in. I'll get in first, Steve. Hold my hand. Steady. That's it. Do you mind moving over to the right a little? Oh, not at all. That's better. How far are you taking us? Well, don't you know? No. I've been told to take you to that houseboat. The one with the blue shutters. Do you see it? Yes. Whose is it? I don't know. It's been there about a week. That's all I know. Did Mr Barry tell you to wait for me? No. He simply asked me to take you over to the houseboat. Do you want me to wait? Yes. How long are you likely to be? Oh, I don't know. Not very long. In any case, I'll make it worth your while. Uh. All right. Uh, I'll wait. Have you brought anyone else out here? Tonight? Yes. No. Not even Mr. Barry? No. 
I did bring a man out here two or three days ago. A little Irish fellow, name of Quinn. Oh, yes. I seem to remember reading something about a man named Quinn. Wasn't he murdered? He was. He was shot, poor devil. Is Barry a friend of yours? Barry? It's easy to tell you haven't lived in Cairo for very long. Mr Zoltan Bari is a millionaire. He chooses his friends almost as carefully as his curios, and some of them are just as priceless. Why did Mr Quinn come out here? To the houseboat? I don't know. I suppose he had an appointment with someone. It never entered my head to ask him. We're nearly there, Paul. Yes. There's a, a rope ladder on the other side. Look, sit still. I'll row you round there. Was Quinn a friend of yours? No. Did you wait for him? No. I left him on the boat. Did you see anyone? What do you mean? Did you see anyone on the houseboat? I never bothered to look. Providing I'm paid for what I do, and it's on the level, I'm not exactly curious. There's the ladder. Wait, wait a minute. Hello there. Hello there. There doesn't seem to be anyone about. No. Shall I go first? Then I can give you a hand. Yes, all right. But watch yourself. I'll try and keep the boat as steady as I can. I'll be all right. Steady, Paul. It's all right, Steve. It's quite easy. Are you all right? Yes. Now, watch that rung at the bottom. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Steady. Now, jump. There we go. I... I don't see any sign of Mr Quinn. No. Are you all right? Yes. I don't expect we shall be very long. I'll hang on. I don't think there's anyone here. No. Neither do I. Did Quinn mention any special time for you to come? He said 6.30, but it's after that now. Yes. There's the cabin over there. If there's anyone on board, surely they'd have heard us. I wonder what the idea is. Was it Quinn's suggestion that you meet him, or Mr. Barry's? Barry's. Yes, well, there's no sign of either Barry or Quinn, to say nothing of the elusive Mr. Sullivan. Let's try the cabin. Good Lord. What's happened? What's been going on here? Just look at the place. It's been absolutely ransacked. Look at the chairs and the table. Paul... What has been happening? There's been a fight. A struggle, I should think. Someone's put up a pretty good show. Paul, what's this? Let me have a look. What is it? Where did you find it? It was on the back of this chair. What is it? It's a piece of cord, that's all. Someone must have dropped it. There's another cabin over here. Let's have a look. Is that all right? Yes, this doesn't seem to have been disturbed. I wonder if Quinn did come here. He was followed by someone, and then... Paul, have you noticed these... Oh, they're nearly all maps. Maps? Yes. Look, they're all over the place. Maps of, of Cairo, Alexandria, Haifa, the Suez Canal. So they are, you're right. There's a compass over here, too. Now, well, that's interesting. What? I'm just looking at this map of Cairo. Someone's been working on it. Do you see those red dots? 
Yes. I wonder what they've been trying to do. That's the hotel, isn't it? Where? Oh, yes, that's right. And it, isn't that the Avenue Shulamar, the line with the red dot on it? Yes. I should think that red dot marks the house of Bari. Then what are the others? I don't know. I'm taking this map back to the hotel with me. Aren't you going to wait for Quinn? I don't think there's any point, dear. It's my bet that Quinn's already been here. Then why didn't he wait? Well, quite obviously, the gentleman was disturbed. Paul, I've got a hunch that something's happened to Quinn. Well, judging by the look of this place, something's certainly happened to someone. Supposing Quinn told you the truth this morning and Sullivan was here, the real Richard Sullivan. Supposing Quinn came here tonight, or this afternoon for that matter, saw Sullivan, told him what had happened between you, and then... And he... Sullivan didn't care for it, fell out with Quinn and had a first-class row. Yes, but if Sullivan was here and really needed the glasses as badly as Quinn said he did, then why should he fall out with Quinn? Um, yes, well, you answer that one, darling. Your hunch might be right, Steve. I must confess I've had an odd sort of feeling about Quinn ever since the first night we met him. Hmm. I'll probably find the poor little devil with his throat cut or floating down the river. Oh, darling, don't. Anyway, there's obviously no point in staying here. Let's get back to the boat. Watch yourself, Steve. That's it. Can you manage all right, Durand? Yes. You weren't very long? No. Tell me, what did Barry say to you when he gave you your instructions? Instructions? To take me out to the houseboat. Instructions is hardly the right word. He paid me a thousand piastres and asked me to be on the lookout for you. But he did tell you to take me out to the houseboat? Yes. I'm rather interested in what you told me about that Irish fellow, Quinn. Was that the first time you'd seen him? No. You'd seen him before? Yes. Where? You seem to be a pretty inquisitive sort of fellow. Do you always go around asking these questions? I make quite a point of it. I'll bet you do. Was Quinn a friend of yours? No, he wasn't. I've already told you that. I'd seen him around in pubs and places. You know how it is. Yes. Oh, Paul, there's something in the water. Be careful. Don't rock the boat. Paul. Don't move, Steve. What is it, Duran? I don't know. I felt one of the oars strike something and... Oh, she's right. Look. What is it? There's someone in the water. Steve, keep still. You'll turn us over. Wait a minute. I'll get this oar over the other side. That's it. Now, now give me a hand. Don't move, Steve. You keep a hold of me. Yes, that's it. Have you got it? Yes. Yes, now, Paul. Paul. Oh, be careful. Watch it, watch it. For goodness sake, it will have us over. I've got it. I, I can't yeah. quite... Hold on. Now, now Paul. Yeah. Paul. Look. The body. It's turned over. It's... Do you see who it is? Paul, do you see who it is? Good Lord. It's Miss Jeans. Gone half past eight, darling. Are you nearly ready? Yes, I shan't be long. I, I've just got to fasten this clip. There. There's a message through from Darwin. He wants us to meet him at the Karamet. The Karamet? It's an hotel. Is it far from here? Yes, it's almost on the fringe of the desert. 
By the way, Steve, where did you put that map I gave you? It's in the dressing case by the side of the bed. Have you locked it? Yes. All right, dear. I'm ready. Are you sure you feel up to this, Steve? Because if you don't, I can easily telephone Darwin. No, I'm all right. It was an awful shock finding Miss Jeans like that, but I'm really all right now. Hello? Hello? Who's that? This is Mrs. Temple speaking, room 187. Hello, Steve. Oh, Sir Graham, I didn't recognise you. Where are you speaking from? It's Sir Graham. I'm in Cairo. I landed just over an hour ago. Is that husband of yours around? Yes, of course. Here he is. Hello, Sir Graham. Hello, Temple. How are you? Oh, I'm all right, I suppose. Did you get my cable? Yes. When did you arrive? About an hour ago. Where are you speaking from? You're not in the hotel. No. As a matter of fact, I'm with a friend of yours. Oh? Who's that? Commandant Hakim. Oh, Hakim. <laughs> that bumptious little owl. I thought you'd say that. His bark's much worse than his bite. Yes, well, frankly, I don't care for either. I'd like to see you, Temple. When can we get together? Well, that's up to you. Um, Steve and I have a dinner engagement, but we should be back by 11 at the latest. All right. If it's not too late, let's say your hotel at 11.30. Fine. I look forward to seeing you. Oh, the room's 187. Come straight up. Yes, all right. Oh, Sir Graham. Yeah? What are you doing here? What has brought you out to Cairo, anyway? A pair of spectacles. Good evening, Zilla. Ah, good evening, Hashrida. It's nice to see you again. Thank you. I'm expecting a guest. Uh, Mr. Whiteman? Uh, uh, Mr. Whiteman has already arrived, sir. He is on the terrace having a cocktail. Oh. Shall I send for him, sir? Uh, no, it's all right, Zilla. I'll join him later. Ah, thank you, sir. Oh, I gave my order to Angelo. I hope everything will be all right. Everything is exactly as you ordered it, sir. Thank you. Well, thank you, Hashada. Ah, good evening, sir. Good evening, madam. I think you have a table reserved for a Mr. Darwin. Mr. Darwin? One moment, if you please. Uh, Miss, uh... Ah, this is quite correct. Uh, Mr. Darwin. But he has not yet arrived, sir. Oh. Uh, if you would like to go to the table, or perhaps a cocktail on the terrace... It looks awfully nice on the terrace, darling. Oh, it is a very fine terrace, madam. Perhaps the finest in the east. When it is clear, like this evening, you can see for miles right across the desert. It sounds heavenly. Come along, darling. Ah, thank you, madam. He was certainly right, Paul. It's a magnificent view. Yes. Just look at those lights and the desert. Darling, it's terribly romantic. Now, don't start going all Ethel M. Dell. I shall read The Way of an Eagle all over again. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, you know, Miss Fraser was right about this place. About Cairo, I mean. She said that in spite of all... What are you staring at? The man with the moustache. The old boy with the walking stick. I've seen him before, darling. By Timothy. Steve, it's Mark Wand. Oh. Stay here, Steve. But, darling... No, 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 I shan't be a minute. Stay here, darling. Good evening, Colonel Marquand. I beg your pardon? I said, good evening, Colonel Marquand. You have the advantage of me, sir. My name is Whackman. Since when? What do you mean, sir? You called yourself Marquand in Augusta. I tell you my name is Whackman, sir. Oliver J. Whiteman of Charleston, South Carolina. 
I beg your pardon. Obviously, I've made a mistake. <laughs> it's a pity you're not Colonel Marquand, because I've got something which I think belongs to him. What? But, of course, if your name is Whiteman, sir, then... What have you got that belongs to Colonel Marquand? This. What is it? What does it look like? Well, it looks like a piece of cord. That was the sixth episode of the Francis Darbridge serial, Paul Temple and the Sullivan Mystery, with Crawford Logan as Paul Temple and Gerda Stevenson as Steve. Others taking part were Richard Greenwood, John Paul Hurley, Eliza Langland, Angus McInnes, Wendy Seeger, Gareth Thomas and Nick Underwood. The production was by Patrick Rayner.